0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new 3D food printing podcast chapter, chapter number seven. Yeah, the library is growing. My name is Luis Rodriguez, broadcasting live, almost live, but for you recorded from Seoul, South Korea. And joining us as usual, Jason Masbrucker. How are you, Jason?
1: I'm great, Luis. Excited about today's discussion. And um, yeah, let's not delay. Let's get right started. Come on. Great. So before we introduce the, the topic of today, let's jump through some news real quick in the world of 3D food printing. 3D chef Mr. Julian Singh and his team have recently uh, redone their website, and right now it seems that they have an actual 3D food printing online store. Have you been through it, Lewis? taking a peek at things that are there, and uh, what do you think about it?
0: Can you know for sure that if there is 3D footprinting content out there, my nose is always sniffing. (laughs) So for sure we have been taking a sneak peek into it. Really excited. Also really happy to see that Julian and the team is pushing the game forward, upgrading the equipment and printing with colors.
1: Yes, very excited.
0: And I think the shop is just amazing. I'm looking for the moment to give it it a shot.
1: That leads us to the next Next topic, uh, the 3D food printing conference coming up on 12 April 2016 in Venlo, Netherlands. Mm-hmm. That conference is run by Jack Ajima. we both were there last year in our very first ever 3D food printing road trip and Julian will also be there so hopefully I'll get a be able to get a better picture and a close up of the color prints which do look really amazing. But there's some really interesting uh, speakers that are going to be presenting there. One of our faves, Mr. Michael Petch, the author of uh, *Future of Food*.
0: Indeed. Uh, and also, I would like to add. I already got contacted from a few people who ask us if we are going to go there this year. I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to make it. But maybe Jason, I will keep I will keep pushing you until the last day to see if your if your wife gives you a few hours of freedom to get yourself there.
1: I'm putting in my permission slip right now and uh, hopefully I'll be able to meet up with everybody there. and We can geek out on 3DFP.
0: That would be awesome. And to finish the, to finish the, the round of news, last week uh, I got the chance to visit the Rocky 3D Printer Company here in Seoul, their headquarters, just to get to see more and, and see how their 3D chocolate printer works we're going to be releasing a few videos on our YouTube channel. And linking with our YouTube channel, Jason, could you you tell our listeners and friends how to contact with us if they have any question or doubt?
1: Yeah, the most important point. To help contribute to the growing 3D food printing community, you can always feel free to reach out to us, and please do uh, via email at podcast at 3digitalcooks.com or all the social media channels. On Twitter we are at Three DigitalCooks and at B We're also on Google Plus. There's a Facebook page. Yeah, we are all over.
0: Yeah. We are also in the streets of Frankfurt, in the streets of Seoul. And finally let's start cutting the meat and and fire this exciting podcast for today.
1: So today's podcast corresponds with a article and a collaboration that we did with Pinshape.com about introduction to 3D food printing for makers. A very exciting topic, and this podcast really should be considered a supplementation to the article on Pinshape. A big shout-out to Lauren Wilkins and the Pinshape community welcoming us with open arms and uh, allowing us to give our two cents. As you know, three digital cooks, Lewis and I, our team, We're all very, very passionate about 3D food printing through our site, videos, especially the new video series that Lewis started about his truly love for 3D food printing. Go ahead and check that out on the, the Three Digital Cooks YouTube channel. It's very interesting because we believe in it. And we want more people involved like you listening to this right now if you're not already practicing 3D food printing on your own and we get asked a lot a lot and a lot a lot is how to start with 3d food printing and you know and to be honest the answer is really depending on who you are but if you're listening to this it probably means you are a maker and this is where we really put the perspective on and try to place the skills that you already have into 3d food printing
0: to do so we're going to follow five steps each one is going to help you to move forward, and especially it's going to ease your way in, into 3D footprinting. Because sometimes it's quite easy to get caught maybe with things that we're testing, or it's going to help us, or just trying to go directly to the point to print. But trust us, follow these uh, easy five steps, and you will be successfully printing food sooner than you
1: think. The best part about it is, at least currently, it's not rocket science, even though some may play it up that it's super difficult. It's, it's fun, it's interesting, and once you get involved, you're gonna be hooked just like us. And the best part about the Maker is you've already got probably the lowest barrier of entry to start having fun with 3D food printing because you already have a base set of skills and an ideology that you can do it, you can make, you can create. And that's one of the great aspects I love about this introduction to 3D food printing for makers. And I know we have to put out this disclaimer because for us, as we mentioned about sharing and promoting and and moving the technology, this this podcast and the corresponding article on Pinshape.com is not an article on how to make money with 3D food printing. It's an article on how to have fun and jump into 3D food printing. And the five steps or the five points are easy to follow and you can put your own unique twist on it.
0: So let's dive in. The first and the most important thing that you need to do to start with 3D food printing is decide a recipe. Decide what is the ingredient or the mixture or or the outcome that you want to have. What is that recipe that you want to print? Sometimes, as makers, we get caught making stuff even before we we are actually sure about what we want to do. And definitely, it's fun, and definitely most of the time that brings uh, and lead and lead us to to new ways and new things to do. But the the thing is that if we start building all the technology that we're going to need to print food, we might be missing some important facts that later on when we have once we have all of our all the setup ready we will find ourselves looking back and thinking oh i would i hope i would had thought about that before
1: it's also important to go in with a sort of clear picture like you said with what you want to accomplish with it whether that's a specific taste or a specific texture or a specific food that you want to work with it's best to try to know what you want the outcome to to be, then you want to have that picture and that plan kind of laid out, which is obviously what this article is about. So think of a, f- a food material that you want to use.
0: Okay, so let me ask you something, Jason. If somebody tells you it's the right time for you to start 3D printing food, what is the first ingredient that comes to your mind?
1: Um, chocolate.
0: Oh, that's the big one, huh? Everyone, everybody wants... Everybody loves chocolate.
1: Everybody loves chocolate. It's it's something that's ingrained in our minds and hearts as the the love potion number nine, the cure all for all of our issues. And just because it tastes great and there's you know, we're I'm over here in Europe and there's some really amazing chocolate. Shout out to Milka, shout out to Richard Sport. But there's something you should know about chocolate. What's your opinion on it, Lewis?
0: I think we need to state two things here. The first one you have already pictured is that we love chocolate. And the second one is that chocolate is hard to print. So be aware of that. Like the route that you're taking, if you decide to print chocolate, it's way longer to to succeed than if you decide to print with other materials. And that's OK, and that's fine. There's people out there that it's able to print chocolate. If you, if you want to follow that route, I'm sure they would be open to help you, but be aware that if you want to get nice results, you, you're going to need to add extra control to to your setup, and that means more time to learn how to use it. Just a quick tip: if you want to start printing chocolate, might be good for you to check the three the 3 drag chocolate extruder. is an open source solution that has been printing really nice chocolate treats.
1: It is, and if you if you really have your mindset, you want to start with printing chocolate. We don't want to discourage you completely for going on it. But we don't want to see you have some early super failures, even though you can eat the failures. It's more about having some early successes, and then you can move on to chocolate if you really feel like it.
0: Yeah, it's all about early success and build up that experience and that, that great moment where you, you just have the aha, this works, and you eat it that's all about. Jason, give me some examples of materials that would be easy to start printing with.
1: Some easy examples are mashed potatoes, hummus, which we love a lot, and I've grown to really love, even though I hated it in my younger years, I cannot get enough of it nowadays. Pumpkin puree or specific vegetable purees, icing, and even some doughs aren't that difficult uh, to start working with. You know, we see a lot of people working with noodle dough and there's some other doughs out there that can get you started it might be a little bit harder on yourself starting with dough but I would always I would recommend starting with some hummus
0: yeah it's it might be interesting for you to hear that all the suggestions that we are giving to you as the starting materials are based probably if you have had the chance to meet us and discuss about what is 3d footprinting I'm sure at some point I've been firing <laughs> all my <laughs> angriness towards stating that 3D printing is not about paste. But let me tell you something, paste are the easiest way to start printing food. And that's why during this guide to help you to start on 3D printing as a maker, we're just going to talk about paste extrusion, because that's the easiest way to start printing food.
1: It's the easiest way, and it's, it's the way that I recommend people do get involved in it. Don't go out and try to build the next multicolor uh, powder printer with specific rare foods that, you know, there's some smart people working on that right now, and we'll be able to learn from them in the future. The other thing is, I hate the word pastes when we talk about food printing material. And something we should work on in the future is coming up with the new word for it, Lewis, really.
0: Just add it to the Add it to the pipeline.
1: Add it to the list. Yeah. So what's what's step two there, Lewis?
0: So great. We have decided what do we want to print. We are confident enough that we know how to prepare it and and the first thing we need is a platform. It's a platform that allows us to move our food to, to give it a shape.
1: So you're not going to be able to print food without the printer. Combining yes. the, the extruder okay. with the printer and a couple other tools that you're gonna need. You can therefore continue on to your goal of printing food. Now, one thing that we always recommend is building a printer using open source technology. A lot of the 3D printing technology that's out there now will suffice for what you want to do. There's one thing that I want to recommend is to have a stable build platform. And I mean a build platform that isn't moving, so the bed of the platform. So for example, some printers you might want to check out are the Ultimaker or some Delta machines. Oh, and there's one that I know that was specifically designed for the kitchen. Do you know the name of that one, Louis?
0: I think I know. It's called Piña 3, and it's been our own take on how to build a Delta printer that fits our needs to use it in the kitchen. Probably the, the main feature is the size. It's been, desi- it's been designed to fit under the cabinets, be able to study that we can move it, move it around, fight with it in the kitchen, uh, throw it into the garage if we don't want to use it for a few days. That's one of the main features that we, we added to it. Uh, and if you want to know more details about it, head to our YouTube channel, Digital digitalcooks where there is a video that describes the platform better than with words. Especially because it's a video.
1: Yeah, I really like it, and I think a lot of people will appreciate it. If you're not gonna start with the Pina 3, start with some some rep wrap machine or something that that doesn't have a closed ecosystem where you have to use all of the technology around it. Where you'll be able to have the freedom to do what you want with it, and and it'll be accessible and easier for you to to work with food than whether you have to hack the heck out of it to make it work.
0: Yeah, sorry to interrupt you, Jason, but that is really important because what you are building is not a printer. Is a, it's not a 3D printer. It's a 3D foot printer. And that implies that you need to change the extruder. And to do so, you have access to the, to the printer. Either you build it, either you you start from an open solution. Otherwise, it's going to be really hard for you. And yes, uh, some people might be overwhelmed just by the idea of building their own printers. If that's your case, don't even worry. If you want to have fun, there is out there a few already built 3D food printers that will allow you to to play with food and, and at least experiment and decide by yourself if it's something that you want to keep working on. And I think by far the greatest option that I personally think it's out there and we don't have any type of commission even if we are really big fans of <laughs> of Miguel Valenzuela is the pancake bot the pancake bot will help you to start playing with food start giving the rest of the family a shot to get involved with this type of technology and at the same time the platform is open so you will have time to 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 hack it
1: it's it's open it's hackable and Miguel and, and the team at pancake Bot. Have created some some really unique tools, and I know they're working on some additional ones to help you start printing pancakes and bringing your ideas about printing food to life really fast.
0: Yeah, I just want to say for a moment, when we say open, we don't mean that it's open source or open whatever. We mean that it that you're gonna have access to to tweak stuff and to dive into it. Okay. Got it. So jason we have the recipe we have the printer what's the next thing that we're going to need
1: the extruder obviously you need the recipe you need the printer and now you need something to load your food material up in to actually print it out and that's the extruder a lot of people have built some really exciting tools around it for printing hamburgers for example (laughs) which might not be the easiest one to start with but for example rich Wrap has a design out there. Uh, the three-drag design is great. Obviously, the barbecue, I have to mention that. And there's also a design already on Pinshape.com from Anthony Prey. So these are all options you might want to check out.
0: There are many options out there, but there are some important factors that you need to know. The first one is that you need to understand what is the consistency of your material. And depending on that consistency, you, you will be able to to decide what type of extruder do you need. Obviously, if you have a really thin consistency, you can work with a less powerful extruder. And my recommendation here is always go as big as you can. And by as big as you can, I mean as big as your 3D printer or your platform allows you to to use. Because that will help you to, in the future, be able to span the, the, the set of materials that you can print with.
1: And let's just clarify again, by as big as you can, you mean the extruder nozzle diameter, correct?
0: No, actually and I mean...
1: The whole platform.
0: Uh, no, I mean like the, the first the volume that you can print and second the, the, the strength of the extruder. How strong is the motors that you're using and the platform to be able to push thicker materials. But again, 3D footprinting is about having fun. If you don't want to build, because especially building extruders is probably the, the hardest part from making things for 3D footprinting, there is already add-on options out there for your printer that you will be able to modify with really small and simple solutions to start printing for
1: One of them is our good friends at Structure3D, the discovery. It was a huge Kickstarter success. They've been delivering their extruders for a while now and it's really cool to see what they've done and they've already got a huge community over there on their website and their their community pages talking about all the stuff they're extruding. We had a chance to talk with them and they say a large portion of their community is working with the discovery specifically for food. That's nice. Another another option is the Bocusini. I believe they're going to soon release a food print head adapter for some printers. A printerbot has a similar model that's also out right now. Of course, the 3DRAG that we mentioned earlier. And of course, there's an awesome cartridge extruder designed by someone I know that you can find on 3digitalcooks.com.
0: I think if you are into building your own extruder, I would definitely recommend you to take the time to check the RepRap issue magazine number 3 because there is a great article about extrusion mechanisms for, for paste by Dreisberg Röggen. He's from the Unfold.b studio, focused on ceramics. But it's going to help you a lot to start understanding more about extruding.
1: Hot topic up next, Louis.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. So what comes after you have a recipe, a printer, and extruder ready to go? the next thing you need to do is to design the food that you want to print. The first thing that people have in their minds when they want to design 3D footprinting is to use the same tools that that are available for 3D printing design. That means CAD tools and all these sort of tools. If you know me, you know that I definitely think that designing for 3D footprinting is completely different, especially because I think 3D... Footprinting printing needs to be used as a tool where people can customize their food, not as a tool to design really unique designs, because otherwise you need somebody who has the skills. And if you want to use a 3D-foot printing in a restaurant, you cannot ask every single client that goes there to have the skills to use a blender or a Maya or an AutoCAD or SolidWorks. That's not the point, so the tools need to evolve. And, and sorry for going to <laughs> to explain you here my frustrations about it, but that's the way that I feel. But those tools do, do not exist. At 3 Cooks, we have been working on some that might be helpful to start and to try some interesting designs, but rather than that, there is not much out there. And what are the options that people have, Jason, that you would recommend to them?
1: So for me, when I'm talking or discussing 3D, printing with anybody who hasn't worked with it yet. One of the tools that I I love, I work with, and I enjoy talking to people about is Tinkercad, now from Autodesk. And to me, it's just an easy platform to jump in. It's a unique way to work with CAD and 3D design, but you can use any tool, any 3D design tool out there that you're comfortable with or that you don't feel intimidated by, because a lot of them are, to, to start with. And until we have the full on food design solution ready to go and some better documentation on our own tools on 3digitalcooks.com, that's where I'd suggest people start.
0: Working on it, working on it.
1: One thing to keep in mind also is that, and Lewis has already talked about design with the food. So even though if you haven't printed yet, there are limitations to overhangs and bridges and things like that. You might want to go really big and crazy design in the beginning keep it simple for a couple tries and then extend out take it to the next step little by little you'll get there and you'll start having some real successes experimentation is the only way you're going to be able to learn yes experimentation is the best way to learn
0: we have the recipe the printer the extruder, there their design what's left if you are familiar with 3d printers you know that there is always this one last step that is called slicing that allows you to transform your design your stl or your obg into a file that your printer can understand or g-code that process is easier with all the tools and really great slicing software that is available currently but for 3d footprinting things are kind of grayish because normally What we do is we leverage existing tools for 3D printing and use them for food. So you must endure during this process, this is probably the hardest part, checking all the parameters to get your prints right.
1: It wasn't easy to get printed into hamburgers. There was a lot of failures, including a hamburger explosion. And getting the right settings down and parameters in place took a little bit of time. I hope I did a good job documenting that about the poppy Q. but really the only way you're going to figure this out is by testing and experimenting and playing with it and learn by doing and it's just gonna take a little bit of time and you're gonna get there but until we've got the whole package out there figured out, use the tools such as slicer or cura to get you printing faster
0: what you need to do is Leverage your skills and your understanding from 3D printing. But step by step, move towards 3D footprinting, understanding what are the differences, and also understanding that even some people may consider it's not uh, 3D printing. Plastic FDM printers are quite reliable compared to 3D foot printers in the sense that the materials that you are using do not normally change. So be prepared to have to tweak your prints Every now and then, even if you're still using the same re- the same recipe, because there is a lot of variables that are playing into it.
1: And once you've done all that testing, it's all going to be worth it when you finally see it. You can be proud of it. You can share what you've done with your friends and family and with us. And it's going to be amazing. It's going to be something that's going to change you. It's going to change a lot of your views on food and 3D printing and technology and you're probably not going to be able to shut up about it to everyone you know.
0: We know a couple of persons that have this issue. Yeah, I think what Jason just uh, said is really important, because food has this power that allows you to connect with people. So any time that you're printing food, you will see that your friends, your family, will will gather around you just to get to know more and, and get involved with it. Playing with food is fun. And there's lots to learn there.
1: Correct. One thing we should probably talk about is safety around food printing. To 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 me it's common sense. Anytime you're you're handling food, just be safe. Take the normal precautions you would with 3D food printer with your normal food that you're gonna cook for yourself or for your family. Don't get crazy and leave any leave a messy environment. Keep everything clean. You know, you don't necessarily need to wear safety goggles when you're printing some hummus. Um, I probably should have with the barbecue explosion, but just just keep it safe and clean, and keep all your stuff clean. Use clean materials. Just think about think about safety as a priority while you're doing all this.
0: Yeah, yeah. Food is fun, but food is something that you're going to eat, so you need to be aware of all the all the issues that you may have. The same way you are aware that. When you cook, you can do some stuff and you cannot do others. Also, you need to understand that printing food, we are not claiming at any point that this is legally safe or that you are going to be able to do that in a professional manner because this is not. This is something to have fun at home for yourself. For now. For now, yes. And be aware that you need to be super clean. Any material in contact with the food needs to be food safe and clean. And clean, clean, clean. That's all about it. Fun and clean. No, but it's, it's really serious. It's not that dramatic, but it's really important to keep in mind because we are what we eat.
1: Not only that, but we, we're still alive from eating all this printed food, so we think it's okay. But we take precautions when we do it, and, and that's exactly what we're preaching right now. And and especially when you want to give what you've created to somebody else to ingest, to put in their body, to taste. you know, They're putting trust into you in order yeah. for them to do that so respect that
0: Worth. great so i hope you have enjoyed this podcast i know this does not answer all your questions to get you started in printing food but i hope it gives you enough information that you can start digging and finding solutions to get you started right away and we are here to help you out remember choose a recipe get a printer get an extruder learn how to design and create your own food designs based on the food that you want to print and get ready with the parameters and you will be there, printing food and having fun.
1: And as a maker, you are probably already familiar with a lot of the tools and things that we've mentioned, so don't wait. After the podcast, go work on your 3D food printing skills and techniques and share it with us. You're a maker, you can do this. So. Thank you for listening to our intro to 3D Food Printing for Makers. Also, check out the article on Pinshape.com that that corresponds to this podcast. Uh, Shout out to the Pinshape community and Lauren. If you do proceed based on this podcast or that article with 3D Food Printing, please let us know. Share it with us. You know, we're always looking for the newest people getting involved in 3D Food Printing, and we'd love to maybe give some feedback if you want it or just share what you've done, because we're always amazed with 3D food printing and people getting involved.
0: We love new blood.
1: New blood. As usual, if you want to reach out to us about this podcast or about anything, email us at podcast at 3digitalcooks.com. Find us on Twitter at 3digitalcooks and at BoppyQ, or head to the site 3digitalcooks.com and get with us on there. Don't forget to check out the new YouTube video series from Lewis about his life in 3D Food Printing, and thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time.
0: Bye. Yes, you're listening to 3D Food Printing for Makers.
1: Makers, makers, makers.
0: Makers.